Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor, FightfulMMA.com. A reminder, we are live every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, with the Fightful MMA Podcast. Just not this Tuesday. It's WrestleMania week. we got a lot of other stuff planned. No event next weekend, so you're getting your wrap-up right here. But uh, keep it locked at FightfulMMA.com and our YouTube channel. James Lynch is going to have a ton of of comment or content rather we had tons of comments on our ufc philadelphia live coverage go over and check that out take part in our pickums in the future but ufc philadelphia my god let's go ahead and get into it i'm going to show you some highlights what i can without getting pulled down but uh damn the last three fights were something special alex perez defeated mark de la rosa this was a bantamweight fight featuring a top 15 flyweight in alex perez he dominated Mark De La Rosa. We, we asked on the show what Alex Perez is going to show up. The right one showed up. You had Marina Moroz defeating Sabina Meza. Now, Meza had a, a lot of hype behind her because of the head kicks. But um, Marina Moroz ended up picking up that win. She said she's not fighting at fly, or straw weight anymore. I don't blame her. I thought she looked pretty good here. Casey Kenny at 137 pounds defeating Ray Borg. Now, Ray Borg missed weight again. A weight division up. Keep in mind, I know Ray Borg's had a lot of personal problems, but he's now not won a fight in over two years, although he probably should have won this fight. He's been pulled from four fights, had another rescheduled, had two opponents fall out, and he missed weight. That is about as bad as it gets. And if not for his family issues, the issues surrounding his son, I honestly think he's gone. I think he'd be gone from the UFC otherwise. I hope he's not. I hope he gets a chance to to set things straight. But he was a minus 255 favorite. And as I said on the uh, the preview, if Casey Kenny comes in as a big underdog, put five on it. Casey Kenny fought last week and won at Bantamweight. So there's a, there's a whole other can of worms there because Casey Kenny who had never fought in the UFC before and was fighting at Bantamweight tonight, 
and fought at Bantamweight last week is now a number 15 ranked flyweight? Huh? Keep in mind, I'm pretty sure since 2017, since his, his loss, mind you, his Dana White Contender Series loss in August of 2017, he's fought at flyweight one time. Why are you putting him in your rankings, homies? What's going on here? Who made this call? I'm ready for this to get scrapped already. Mother of God. Uh, Ray Borg probably should have won this fight. I'm going to pull up MMADecisions.com and see how everybody scored each of these. But, yeah, uh, about 90% of media had it for Borg. 87% of fans had it for Borg. Borg should have won this. Uh, You could argue that because of the headache that he has been, maybe... Maybe uh, no sympathy there, but I got sympathy for the guy. Uh, 100% of media and fans had Marina Moreau's winning. 100% of media and fans had Alex Perez winning as well. We move on to two more decisions. Kevin Holland against Gerald Mearshart. Kevin Holland was begging to get Von Flew choked. I'm begging to just get choked in general. And uh, you guys know how I feel about that if you've watched this show for any extended period of time, you know that I go off whenever I see a pro, any fighter, not just a pro fighter, any fighter who's had any training, hold on to a guillotine choke while their opponent has him inside. Uh, We spoke to Gerald Mearshart ahead of this and he got hosed. This was another bad decision back to back. 68% had it for Mearshart uh, of of the fans, about uh, 80% I would say about 80% had it for Mearshart from the media standpoint. He should have won this fight. And I feel really bad that he didn't because he took this fight on about two or three weeks notice against a guy who then had the balls after the fight to say, oh, I'm tired of wrestling. Give me somebody to strike with. And Kevin Holland dropped the F-bomb on uh, TV, by the way. But, like... When, when I, I get it, UFC loves their contender series guys. They do. And Kevin Holland did step up and fight Tiago Santos on short notice. But, man, he did not win this fight. Gerald Mearshart did. Another terrible decision. <clears throat> you had Kevin Aguilar defeating Enrique Barzola. This was uh, an okay fight. Bar, or Barzola got beat across the board. This wasn't close. Uh, not necessarily a name you need to look out for, but one that you should is Desmond Green. He may have ended Ross Pearson's career. And that Ross Pearson has now lost six of seven. His only win in that span is against uh, Mizuto Hirota, who was not good and I'm pretty sure is out of the UFC now. If he's not, he's about to be. Desmond Green put the clap into him, man. And uh, this is the type of win that a Desmond Green needed after losing to Tysimov. I mean, he he came into the UFC and he beat Josh Emmett, and that that meant a lot. Him beating Josh Emmett via split decision, but he beats he got beat by some really good people. And uh, two of the guys that he fought, I'm with him. He said he was like, I haven't really got a chance to show what I can do because two of my opponents missed weight, and not only did both of them miss weight. Prezeras and Tysimov both missed weight by five pounds. This wasn't like some small bit. Like They were closer to 165 pounds than they were 155 pounds. 
So if I'm the UFC, I wipe the Tysimov and Prezeris from the record. And if you're looking at it that way, the man's three and one in UFC in the UFC when people actually make weight. Uh, Desmond Green looked pretty damn good, and he was a major favorite. Marina Rodriguez, Jessica Aguilar. Oh boy, Marina Rodriguez beat the crap out of Jessica Aguilar. Now Jessica Aguilar showed a little bit of heart, uh, and that that. That can be admired, sure. But at this point, I don't know what Jessica Aguilar can offer the UFC. Man, she is 36. She's going to be 37. She's a one in four in her last five. This Rodriguez only got deducted a point because uh, she got, uh, she, I poked Aguilar. Now, I thought that the, the refs let, even, even with the point deductions, I thought it was, a little too egregious. One more, and, and uh, Rodriguez would have had to have been DQ'd. To me, I don't know how you let those go so egregiously. I mean, all night long we saw it, and Jessica Aguilar was a bloody mess. She got beat to a pulp, and you just have a younger, hungrier Marina Rodriguez who is still, I mean, she'll be 32 next month, but uh, she's had a, a nice start to her career. Uh, she... Be uh, Marina Oliveira on on Contender Series went to a draw with Randa Marcos. They couldn't get that Alexa Grasso fight to happen because they they scheduled it twice for this show, and both of them ended up getting hurt and delayed. But uh, beating Aguilar, you could do a lot worse than that. Uh, she's undefeated still, ten and zero. I I think you put you put her against a top fifteen opponent. Uh, you put her against somebody that can really challenge her, challenge that undefeated record. But I thought that Marina Rodriguez looked good outside of the the fouls that happened. Like my God, man, that was getting that was getting a little uncomfortable here and there. Sadiq Youssef defeated Shaman Marias. Youssef is a pretty highly touted prospect, and, and perhaps understandably so. Didn't get the finish in which I thought he was he could get over Shaman Marias. And Shaman Marias is a tough dude. I mean, he had I think he had won four or five coming into this fight, and his only other two losses were to uh, Zabit and Marlon Marias. So so obviously it's it's the top level that he has trouble with. Sadiq Youssef is still 25, I think he'll be 26 in a few months. Has a lot to learn, but now he's 3-0 and between Contender Series and the UFC. Like I said, if you can come in from Contender Series, fight soon after your Contender Series fight, get another fight under your belt, and you, you've got two wins since your Contender Series fight got you a job in the UFC, they're going to look favorably upon you. That's one of the reasons why they, they booked this Contender Series, is so they can find people that can fight on short notice, take fights on short notice, look good, because they get to decide who gets the contracts out of this. And uh, I thought that he did have the room to kind of go to the scorecards in this fight as opposed to uh, needing a finish to, to stay impressive and, and keep that highly touted prospect tag on him because uh, he came out and got that early finish last time out against Mokhtarian. The Sodik Youssef, another contender series product that looked really, really good. And I mean, a back-to-back ones between him and Marina Rodriguez. And that show, uh, Kevin Holland even won, even though he shouldn't have won earlier in the night. 
that show has been a massive success for the UFC. Like you, you got to look at that and say, damn, man, they won. Paul Craig won. Whoo, Kennedy and Cheku Wu. What, where can I start with this guy? The fight IQ on this kid. I hate to call anybody a kid. It's like I'm talking down to them. But I'm about to bury him anyway. This guy had nothing short of just absent fight IQ. Throwing himself into arm bars over and over again, like two or three different times he threw himself into a Paul Craig arm bar. Not only that, he grabbed the fence or over the fence like four times. You can't do that. You can't hang your arm over the fence either. Uh, and that, you know, that that is a product of one of his gifts. He's got such a long reach and he's such a big dude that he has the physical ability to be able to do that. But it happened time and time and time again. And then he, two eye pokes happened. And I'm thinking, if, if Homeboy is fouled six times, that's a DQ. That's it. Paul Craig should not have had to come back and tap out in Chekawu. He shouldn't have had to. Because this fight should have been ended by DQ earlier. After, ah, uh, I don't know, the fourth or fifth time he held the fence, much less the two eye pokes that caused the, the point deduction. Uh, holy crap, man. Do the rules not mean anything? No, I get it. it. It's common nature. And sorry for the new angle. And it's like 3D here. But, hey, I get it. It's, it's second nature to reach over, grab a fence if you're getting taken down. But, hey. If you've been told four times not to do it, then you don't do it anymore. You stop it. If you're told don't hang your arms over the cage, you don't do it. Oh, by the way, it's told you before, don't fight people like this. If you're watching at home, you're thinking, Sean, stop. That's freaking me out. Imagine if you're in a, in a damn cage fight. Good for Paul Craig. Paul Craig deserved this for uh, many different reasons. And I'm glad he got it because if he would have lost, he probably would have been cut from the UFC. He would have been like one in four in his last five. And said now he's won two of his last three. But two of those five. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fights by uh, Triangle Choke. And I mean, every single fight he's had in the UFC has been a finish. The man has never had a decision recorded, pro or ammy, that I can find. And he's been fighting for six, seven years at this point. 
So when Paul Craig gets in there, you take you take a bet that the fight will not go to the distance. Just go ahead and do that. And Paul Craig's a big ass light heavyweight too. He's six foot four, but Encheckawu uh, is like six five, and he's got an eighty three inch reach. He's a specimen man. Another contender series guy. Uh, it took him about I think like seven, eight months to get into the cage though. Not impressed with him. Not impressed. Yikes. That was just bad ref, bad refing, bad judging across the board tonight, I thought, in a lot of situations. Michelle Watterson, I got to heap praise on this woman. So I thought when uh, she got beat in Invicta and lost the Adamweight Championship, uh, it was a hell of a fight, and she had had a great run there, beat Jessica Panay and had a nice Adam weight run. I thought that maybe – I thought she was being pushed too much. I don't complain about that stuff publicly because whoever the UFC wants to push, they can push. Cream rises to the top, and she stepped into the UFC, jumped up a weight division. Now, now it's not like she had never fought at strawweight before. She fought her first five years at strawweight, but she was better – as an Adam weight, Adam weight, she became Invicta Adam weight champion. Had a couple fights of the nights and all that. Beat Magana, no big deal. Beat Paige Van Zant, that was impressive to me. And she beat Paige Van Zant in one performance of the night. Then she ta- takes on top talent Rose Namajunas and Tisha Torres and does not do well. And I thought, man, maybe that's it. You never know. You, we still are learning a lot about women's MMA and like when the cutoff age is, like when we'll see the decline. And a lot of people, myself included, thought maybe she's she's getting to be thirty two years old. Is this going to be her physical decline? Hell, no, it ain't. Since she turned thirty two, she beat Courtney Casey via split decision, beat a very tough Felice Herrig and a very tough Carolina Kavolkovich. Now, one does have to wonder all those finishes she had. She had never had back-to-back, I don't think, since her first two fights of her career, she never had back-to-back decisions. Now she's rocking four in a row. I wonder what the cage miles will do, but based on tonight, didn't look like much. She looked great. Like, I hate that head and arm hip throw that so many women do and they get their back taken, but Kavolkovich wasn't there for it, man. And you got a Carolina who's two and four since she got her title shot. I'd put Carolina against somebody 10 to 15 range maybe now. Michelle Watterson did a lot of the right things and looked very, very good. Joseph Boza says, Tatiana Suarez and Nina Ansaroff are about to have a title eliminator at UFC 238. What do you do with Michelle at 115? Well, let me see what's out there. Because I know that she wants a title shot. She's not getting a title shot. Andrade's getting, or yeah, Andrade's getting the title shot next, and then Suarez and Ansaroff are getting the title shot after that. So if you're Michelle Watterson, there there are options, man. Claudia Gedalia is an option. Wiley Zhang is an option. If you want to go down one, uh, Carlos Sparza is an option. But I think if you're if you're the UFC, you want Michelle Watterson against a pretty big name. I think Claudia Gedalia is that. I think that Gedalia could be that name. 
can't speak highly enough about uh, Michelle Waterson and the performance that she put on there. That was impressive. That was great stuff. Just a, a winner. And, and that says a lot that she faced adversity in this weight division. She can't go down. She can't go up. She moved up as, as it was. So for her to to uh, weather the storm and then come back well, with a, with a vengeance like this, I've got all the respect in the world for uh, Michelle Waterson. What do we have up next? Sorry, lost my place. But uh, as far as Michelle Waterson uh, went there, Gedalia being the best option, the thing is, UFC doesn't all often go to the, especially these days, the obvious choice, the one that makes the most sense. They haven't been going with that. I mean, they passed on Askren Lawler too. They passed on Edwards versus uh, Mazadal. So I don't have a great amount of confidence that the UFC will just step up and be like, all right, let's, let's put her in there against another decent name. Let me go ahead and show you some highlights here. Josh Emmett and what he was able to do to Mike Johnson. This was incredible. After two rounds of just boring. Bink. Take another look. Bink. Look how he falls. Bink. Uh, Damn. This fight was not great. You saw the best of the fight right there. You're not missing anything else. By not watching that fight. Uh, It felt like they missed about 80 to 90% of the strikes that were thrown that way. And Josh Emmett needed that. He needed that finish in order to win. And he got it. And that was a big one. But make no mistake, he was losing that fight. Michael Johnson, the thing is, he he had like a renaissance at featherweight. Beat Feely, beat Lobov was about to beat Josh Emmett, was 45 seconds away from beating Josh Emmett and got put out. Josh Emmett had a tough 2018. He had to, uh, he had to, he got knocked out by Stevens and had to undergo facial surgery for the love of God. This is after he came in as a, as a pretty highly touted guy. Won four of his first five. His only loss was that split to Desmond Green. Um, he had missed weight in December of 2017 and missed it monumentally. So this was him getting back on the right track. Uh, I think he needs to start a little bit faster moving forward. Because if he lets those hands go, we see what he's able to do. We've seen him knock out Lamas before. He knocked out people with fair regularity on the regional circuit. Man, you want to talk about impressive performance. How about Jack Hermanson? David Branch had never been been beaten in the first round, period, before tonight, before Jack Hermanson stepped in and guillotined him in 45 seconds. What more can I say about that? Dave Branch is a legit black belt. There's not anything more to break down. Hermanson got inside, yanked that guillotine, Got the tap against a top 10 guy, and now he's got to be ranked. He's got to be ranked at this point. He's 6-2 and two in the UFC. 
there's a lot of people that are saying, oh man, second coming, second coming. Ah, maybe not go there. We'll see how he how he does. Dave Branch is inconsistent at best. We've seen him. We've seen the best and the worst of Dave Branch over the last several years, from World Series of Fighting double champion to a black belt getting tapped out in under a minute. So uh, I would like to see him fight again soon as well, because uh, with, with this type of performance, there's nothing really keeping him out of it. And considering that the UFC is is looking to, I mean, they, they need middleweight contenders. A lot of those middleweights are probably bumping up to light heavyweight. He's won five of six. I'd keep him involved. I would for sure keep him involved. Oh, this main event. Let me give you all a look at these highlights. Let's take a look. Justin Gaethje knocks out Edson Barboza. Here it comes. They traded leg kicks and it was beautiful. But then Gaethje just catches with that right hook. And that's a wrap. That will do it, as they say. This fight had everything that you wanted in about two and a half minutes. Rankings be damned. I know that Justin Gaethje complained about the rankings after this fight, and Donald Cerrone's ahead of me, and yada, yada, yada. Don't care. Gaethje, my man, you're not there for the rankings. You're there to do what you just did. (laughs) Put on fights and main events that, on paper, you may say, really him? He just broke a three-fight losing streak. Well, this is the main event everybody wanted. Gaethje stepped right in, bam, low calf kick. And it was going to be low calf kick versus the thigh kick of Barboza, and they went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with it. Phenomenal stuff. That is exactly what you want. Then they stand and trade. Barboza gets caught. Barboza goes out. Whoo! This is what you came for. This is what you bought your ESPN Plus for. I didn't care about the number next to their name for this fight. Don't care about it for their next one either. Edson Barboza is a gatekeeper in this division, and there is there are far worse things to be than a gatekeeper in this division. However, he's lost three of four. He's lost to Gaethje. He's lost to Lee. He's lost to Nurmig Madoff. He's lost to Ferguson, Cerrone. I, what's next for Barboza? Top 15 for sure. You know that's happening. But when you look at things, how about an Alexander Hernandez? How about a Charles Oliveira? Nate Diaz ain't going to fight. How about one of them? As for Justin Gaethje, well, they already got Iaquinta and Cerrone booked. So uh, Kevin Lee's moving up. I, it's Justin Gaethje has... The thing is about Gaethje is any fight that he has is going to be good. Maybe Paul Felder would be a good one since everybody else seems booked up. If Tony Ferguson wants to fight soon, maybe him. I like it, man. This was a fun night. Reminder, guys, WrestleMania week next weekend. We have so much coverage. My God, boggles my mind just thinking about it. Sorry again for the new angle and the the handshaking and all that. Uh, Leave me a thumbs up. Subscribe to this channel. Let people know about it. 
Uh, the more subscriptions we get, the more thumbs up we get, the more clicks we get, the more we can uh, bring people on to do new stuff. Uh, we're open to new content ideas. If you have new content ideas, send them to me. Send me a Twitter DM outlining them. Uh, there's a lot of channels like MMA World. I'd love to do some content like that, some video-based content. So hit me up. Let me know. I want to grow this MMA channel and make it a lot like our pro wrestling channel. I will be back this week for a UFC rankings video. Seda Wolf will have his UFC Philadelphia What the Hell Happened. Lots of good stuff over at FightfulMMA.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time, Fightful, subscribe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.